for anyone who's interested, there's a report that was released by Standard Chartered uh, called Opportunities 2030 that looks at the investment opportunities that are present within the SDGs. And it's in the range of some, in Africa, it's in the range of something like $1.4 trillion uh, across a couple of SDGs. So social investment should not just be seen as a deploying of grant capital. There is real business opportunities in social investment. Hello and welcome to the AOU podcast, Entrepreneur Leadership in Africa, where we explore more on being a bold entrepreneur leader. I'm your host, Savannah Olo, and today I have with me Dr. Frank Aswani. We've talked about social innovation, but not social investment. How do you know what social cost to invest in? What does the social investment landscape look like? Well, Dr. Frank Aswani, the CEO of the African Venture Philanthropy Alliance, has all the tips and tricks. And on one occasion, he beautifully told us the difference between investing for impact, venture philanthropy, impact investing, and sustainable and responsible investing. Do you know what the difference is? Well, stay tuned and know it all. Join us as we uncover a whole new world from our diverse community of entrepreneur leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, join me in welcoming Dr. Frank Aswani. And we begin. Thank you so much, Frank, for being with us today. Um, it's it's great that you took time out of your schedule to be with us on the AOU podcast. You're most welcome. Thank you for giving me the uh, pleasure to be here. Uh, time to be here. I appreciate it. All right. So I decided to kick off this episode with a small icebreaker. So I know you're passionate about rugby. And other than the Springboks of South Africa, what other rugby team would you be a fan of and why? Uh, oh, that's an easy uh, question. Uh, the Kenyan Sevens rugby team. I'm Kenyan. Yes. I'm passionate about Kenyan rugby. So uh, <laughs> without, a, without, without a question, the Kenyan Sevens rugby team. Uh, I think on, on, on good days, we have a decent team. Right. Yes. 100%. I, I totally agree. I'm actually Kenyan myself. So I, I'm glad to hear <laughs> there's some patriotism that goes with this. <laughs> so are you calling us good. in from Kenya or somewhere else? No, I'm in Johannesburg, actually. So I, I, I live in Johannesburg. Okay. All right. Yeah. Great. So welcome once again. And getting right into the episode is uh, prior to your work with the African Philanthropy Venture Alliance, how would you have described the social investment landscape in Africa? And what difference is it compared to today? So, so, so prior to my work, uh, to, to my entry into AVPA, uh, I think my view of social investment was very narrow. I viewed social investment as purely uh, synonymous with philanthropy, and uh, I, I viewed social investment as uh, as uh, something that uh, people did for to help the um, kind of the unfortunate. Um, but now my view of uh, social investment in Africa has changed dramatically. Social investment um, is much wider than philanthropy. It involves um, uh, deploying of capital. Uh, uh, with expectations of social returns, and in some cases, uh, varying expectations of financial returns as well. So people should never look at social investment as just purely the giving of philanthropic grants. There's also uh, some, some really good investment opportunities uh, that, 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 that you get uh, out, of, out of making social investments. And for anyone who's interested, there's a, there's a report that was released by Standard Chartered uh, called Opportunities 2030 that okay. looks at the investment opportunities that are present within the SDGs. And it's in the range of some, in Africa, it's in the range of something like $1.4 trillion uh, across a couple of SDGs. So, so social investment should not just be seen as a 
as a de as a deploying of, of grant capital, there is real business opportunities in social investment. All right. So what would you say has been the growth or the evolution of the landscape as opposed to when you started compared to today? I mean, given aside from given the fact that we are in a pandemic right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the pandemic, I think, for me, should be taken in stride. It's part of the challenges that social investors aim to solve. Um, so right. it, it, I think for us, it's, it's, it should be taken in stride. Um, uh, but, but basically, what you're seeing uh, from a landscape perspective is increasingly uh, the responsibility to sort out and solve our social issues is not being left alone to the traditional social sector. We're okay. seeing increased participation of the private sector. We're seeing more companies, uh, private companies, uh, committing to being responsible investors in society, committing to more sustainable practices, committing to more environmental protection. And, and we recognize that there's, um, there's definitely more private sector capital coming into the social investment space than we've ever seen before. And I believe this trend is going gonna, is gonna to grow and it will be very positive for, for the social investment space. And it allows the growth of enterprises, and the growth of, it, of players when we see more capital flowing into social investments. Okay, great. Thank you so much for that. That was very elaborate for our first question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we have African entrepreneurs listening in from 47 African countries that certainly need some form of social investment, but are not sure what the kind of investment to look out for. Could you please, mm -hmm. in terms of, um, in simple terms or just layman terms, could you define social investment and differentiate the related terms like investment, investing for impact, venture philanthropy, impact investing, sustainable and responsible investing? I know that's that's, that's a bulk of a question, but you know, oh, well, pick it. Well, Savannah, that, this feels like an exam question, so I'll try and do it for twenty marks. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> 25 marks actually. Let's see how well they do. <laughs> Let's see how well they do, right? Okay, so so uh, so social investment broadly, we we define social investment as the deploying of capital for social returns with varying expectations of financial returns. Right. Okay, I'll repeat that. Social investment is deploying of capital for social returns with varying expectations of financial returns. Now that means that if if you think about it from a spectrum, on the far left you'll have philanthropists who are deploying capital with zero expectation of financial return. So they're giving out grants, okay? Right. In the middle here, you find impact investors who are deploying capital uh, for social returns uh, with some expectation of financial return. So it might be below market rate returns, okay? okay. And on the far right, you have private players who, who are seeking uh, social impact but the primary reason for deploying capital is, is to seek financial returns. So that is kind of what we, the spectrum, which we call the continuum of capital. Uh, on the far left, social returns with zero expectation of financial returns, and on the far right, uh, fi mainly financial returns with expectation of social returns. So that kind of is what the social investment landscape uh, looks like, and that's the continuum of capital. In terms of investing for impact, now you have, you, you have to differentiate that you have investing for impact and investing with impact. You're investing for impact is someone who invests primarily to get impact first. So they're impact first investors. So those are people like the philanthropists. And then you have investing with impact, which is on the other side of the spectrum, where people are investing for financial returns, but do want to get some social uh, some social impact. So, so, so that is where you find the difference between investing for impact and investing with impact. Okay, so you've got investing for impact philanthropists and investing, sorry, investing for impact being the philanthropists and investing with impact being the private sector players who are seeking some societal returns as well. Okay. Um, 
on venture philanthropy, this is where you, you take some of the discipline that you find in venture capital investments um, and bring it into philanthropy. So right. it's a kind of discipline uh, where, where the, the, the people who invest in, uh, in uh, venture uh, capital uh, bring in things into the social investment space, like um, making sure they, they heavily support the, the investees, um, they sit on their boards, they uh, apply the same discipline when do, do, doing due diligence for um, uh, for opportunities before they put money. They are big uh, on putting systems and processes in the investee companies. They also offer a lot of non-financial support uh, in the process. And they and over and above that, they bring in things like what you call tailored investing, where um, they, they provide different types of capital depending on the stage of growth of the of, of the of the organization of the investee company. So that's kind of where the venture philanthropy comes in. It's kind of the more disciplined approach towards philanthropy that brings in uh, um, uh, skills and competences from the venture capital space. Right. Uh, impact impact investing is that sweet spot, a middle ground between your traditional uh, philanthropy and your mainstream uh, normal private se sector uh, business. So it's, it's that middle space that, that seeks both financial returns and uh, social impact. Okay, so that's kind of where impact investing sits. And, um, and you'll find that the, the, the financial returns of, uh, of impact investors will, will range from between market rates or below market rates to above market rates. It depends on the kind of impact player you're looking at. And then sustainable and responsible investing is really where uh, mainstream corporates are practicing uh, responsible investing to their communities and societies. Right. They make sure that they do no, do no harm uh, where possible so that they, their environmental records are clean, but also where possible they, they, they try and, uh, and uh, create social benefits for their, for their clients, customers, uh, and, and, and people within their value chain. Uh, so they'll do things, for example, like making sure there are uh, quite a number of the suppliers or a big chunk of the suppliers are women to look at SDG number eight, for example. Um, and, and on the other hand, they also make sure that they, they play their, response, their role as a responsible corporate in, in offering solutions where none exist. So they might fund some social enterprises to find a solution around clean water, for example, where clean water is required or recycling. Uh, wastewater uh, around those kind of so they're solving new problems so that's kind of what sustainable and responsible investing looks like all right wow um yeah. i don't know if our audience would agree but i, I so how many so how, how, how many how many marks would how many marks would you give I me for that 25 or 25 spot on oh man good <laughs> <laughs> all right so according to the un report financing for sustainable development report 2019 africa needs about 500 billion dollars to 1.2 trillion dollars annually up to 2030 to meet its SDG financing gap. What role is the African Venture Philanthropy Alliance playing to help the continent meet this target? So, so that, that's a great question, and and that is the essence of why we exist. That that is the problem we're trying to solve. You know, we always say uh, you need to have very clear. Uh, you need to be very clear about the problem we're trying to solve. The problem we're trying to solve is how do we close the social investment financing gap on the continent. Right. Uh, and the $1.2 trillion is a scary number, um, but we can't afford to have Africa lag behind because if we get to 2030 and we haven't closed that gap, uh, it means we lag further behind to the rest of the world. Now, traditionally, the money that has been used to fund social investment has come from uh, a couple of sources. One, aid, uh, two, foreign direct investment, and three, uh, government uh, collections. So if you look at Africa at the moment, 
Uh, aid is at about uh, $50 billion. FDI is about another $50 billion. And government collections, which is the taxes they collect and other revenues, is about another $500 billion. So collectively, that's $600 billion on the continent against a target of $1.2 trillion. So the bottom line is that we don't have enough money in the social investment space to fulfill our needs and to meet our, our goals. So we're running, you know, that $600 billion gap we're creating, uh, we have at the moment, is, is a massive gap. Now, how else do we uh, uh, do this? Now, the only way we can, we can get this is if we get this money from the private sector. So the private financial markets globally have about $300 trillion and the capital markets are about another $220 trillion. Africa just needs $1.2 trillion a year. So the question is, how do we crowd in private sector capital into social investments, okay, to, 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 to close that 600, 600 or so billion dollars? And what the African Venture Philanthropy Alliance is doing is trying to bring in, create a platform where investors along this continuum of capital, from grant makers to private sector players, can come together for collaboration to help close that gap. Now, the one, the one way for us to, to bring in uh, money is that if you go to talk to a private sector player right now, a private investor, about putting money into healthcare or education or whatever, they'll tell you one of two things. One, uh, they, the, those projects are too risky, or two, the returns are not good enough for them. Those are the answers you're likely to get. So what we need to do is play smart with the little money we have within the uh, within the, uh, the the social sector. So we we need to use our grant capital smartly to de-risk social investment, so that we can have more private sector players come bringing their money uh, into the social investment space. So we need to combine, and that's where you'll hear people talking about blended finance. We need to blend grant capital with private sector capital. Uh, and that way we can crowd in more private sector capital into this space. So what AVPA is doing is to provide that platform and it's uniquely something we do where we, we, we bring together philanthropists, impact funds, private sector players for greater collaboration so we can bring in, we can crowd in more private sector capital into social investments in Africa. This podcast is brought to you by Venture by AOU, a free course for entrepreneurs. Do you want to know how to overcome entrepreneurial challenges from real life experiences? Well, Venture is an online course designed for young and aspiring entrepreneurs. It features more than 10 AOU entrepreneur leaders who will guide and inspire young entrepreneurs. You can find Venture on venture.aouuducation.com. Once again, venture.aouuducation.com. Venture, a course for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Now back to our conversation. Great. Thank you so much for that. So how yeah. would you say you have directly had an impact or um, input into uh, changing the perspective or the notion that, you know, Africa still needs this money to reach its SDG financing gap? So so I, so I, I think we're kind of trying, trying to do this in three ways. Um, mm-hmm. One is to highlight the problem. You know, Einstein said, if you've got an hour to solve a problem, spend 55 minutes understanding and communicating the problem. And then you can spend five minutes solving it. The solving of the problem is the easier part. The issue is do people truly understand the problem and the opportunity cost of not solving the problem. So one of the things we're trying to do is really spend time for people to understand, one, uh, the gap that is existing, that $1.2 trillion uh, gap you mentioned earlier. Secondly, that the traditional sources of capital for this, uh, that's used to fund that gap, that $1.2 trillion, are no longer sustainable. Aid to Africa on a per capita level is reducing, 
and especially as more African uh, countries move into middle income status, we are getting less and less aid. Okay. Um, now, COVID has, COVID has made things even worse because a lot of our donor countries are realizing like, oops, you know, our healthcare systems at home actually weren't that great. And so your local taxpayers in Europe and where are demanding that more money is spent in their countries to strengthen their healthcare system. So that, that aid is no longer going to be as much as we thought it would be. And um, secondly, um, the, the other big source of capital uh, to social investments was traditionally government revenue. Now, we know what COVID has done, for example, to governments in Africa. Um, they've, they've deployed a lot of money into economic stimuli packages, uh, and, and uh, we've also uh, invested quite heavily in infrastructure in Africa in the last couple of years, um, which means Africa is also running a lot of debt. And if you look at uh, our public debt to GDP uh, in many countries in Africa, it's risen quite a bit. I mean, in a country like South Africa now, it's, I think, in the 80% public debt to GDP. So, so we ha we'll have less disposable income to fund social investment. Uh, so that's why we need to look at a different financing model. Uh, and, 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 and that's exactly what AVP is trying to do, is to look at, at first, as then, is, is to take the social investment players, uh, secondly, to, to start giving them this new um, uh, approach around innovative financing. They've got to be thinking about how applying principles of innovative financing to crowd in more money into this space. So we are running programs um, targeting um, uh, targeting uh, social investors in Africa uh, to help them, to upskill them in this innovative financing uh, space. So helping them understand things like impact investing better, things like blended finance, helping some of our um, uh, our, our traditional grant makers realize that they are truly the bridesmaids if Africa is going to move forward and attract capital into this space. So how uh, traditional philanthropists and grant makers use their grants is very important. Um, uh, so we're, we're, we're looking to run some programs for, for specifically targeted at those guys. Um, but one of the things we tried to do is we, we, we were set out to run some training programs on innovative financing. Um, and... Uh, and uh, and we looked for an African knowledge partner to help okay. us run and design these programs because we were looking for African content, African perspectives, African uh, views. We were shocked that there's only one university in Africa that has an, that has, has an innovative financing program. The whole continent has one university, which is the University of Cape Town. So if you want to run an African innovative financing program, building the competence and capacity of local players, you have one choice if you want to use an African university. Others, you've got to go to Oxford, Cambridge, uh, Duke, Stanford, uh, University of Zurich to get competence from that side. And that for me is just unacceptable. It's just unacceptable. So we've kind of changed our tack there. And what we're trying to do, I'm actually trying to find a, a donor to fund us to run a program to create an association of innovative financing institutions in Africa. So universities and business schools who will develop innovative financing competency uh, um, that can then be translated to centers of excellence of innovative finance in different countries. So if you bring together 30 or 40 of these organizations from across Africa, we, we then bring the Oxford and Dukes to almost run like train the trainer programs and right. equip these guys with the competence around innovative finance so they can go and set, set up centers of innovative finance within their respective countries. That way we can train a lot more people in innovative finance much faster and increase the number of African players with the competence to play in this space effectively. So, so we're trying to find uh, a partner to help us fund that particular piece of work. Um, and, then, and then the other thing we're trying to do as well is, is as I mentioned earlier, is target specifically 
grant makers on the continent. Because if grant makers can diversify how they deploy their capital, not give all of it as grants and use some of it as catalytic or concessionary capital, because what catalytic concessionary capital does it is it risks social investments. So you can put in ten dollars into instead of giving out ten dollars as a grant, you put it in as a de-risking um, capital into a project. And it attracts in $100 from the private sector because the private sector players now looks at the project and says, yeah, this project actually now looks safer for me to put my money in. Uh, okay. So we're trying to tell our grant makers, if you have a million dollars, yes, some projects in Africa still require grants. Use uh, $500,000 for, for your pure grant projects. But these other $500,000, please think about how you can co-invest with mainstream private players and we can crowd in maybe 5 to 10x of what you put in as, as the risking grant capital. Right. Wow. <laughs> so looking into that, um, looking into what you just said about like innovation and social enterprise, right? It goes, it, it seeps perfectly into our next question. And, you know, what are the current innovative and financial social enterprise solutions that our young entrepreneurs can adopt? Wow. Um, you know, I always tell people, if you're, a, if you're an impact investor or a social entrepreneur, right. The, the best place you can be is Africa. Because we, we, we have, we, you know, in, you know if, you, if you look at a market, uh, and, and I always tell impact investors, when, 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 when you're an impact investor or a social entrepreneur, you are attracted to solving problems. Right. You, you run towards problems. Unlike other people who run away from problems. You run towards problems because you, you have a passion for solving problems, for making life better for other people. You have a passion for making uh, community and society is better. And and if you're, an, if you're a young African entrepreneur today, you are in the best place to be uh, a really impactful leader and entrepreneur because we have more problems than we can manage. Okay? And so all these problems uh, are, are opportunities to create solutions and create innovative solutions that can solve, uh, can solve issues for uh, hundreds and millions of people across the continent. So uh, I think for me, the, the, the first thing I tell people uh, is uh, just listen. Uh, you know, anytime someone complains, there's an entrepreneurial opportunity. And we've had tons of complaints around issues of the continent, whether it's just look at COVID. How many kids could not uh, uh, access uh, education because they were living in in Kibera or uh, or the townships of Lagos uh, or the slums of Accra uh, or Dar es Salaam because they don't have internet access. Yeah. How many people could not, who are living in urban areas, could not access food and were dependent on, on food parcels? Those people uh, are ready for an urban uh, agricultural solution. How many people could not find uh, running water to wash their hands? Uh, when we demanded of everyone to wash their hands during COVID, do we have alternatives to running water, uh, to, to, to water to, to keep our hands clean? Do we have options for harvesting rainwater? The amount of rainwater we, we lose at the same time as, as we are complaining about floods is huge. So it's ironical that we, we have floods yet we don't have clean water to use. So, so in, in every single problem is an entrepreneurial opportunity. I think, that we, we, I think we need to have people um, looking at that. And then uh, and I think uh, our young entrepreneurs um, should should really be very open-minded around that and fundamentally also look at how you can collaborate with people. Now, now in many cases, um, you know, it's very easy to find partners to collaborate with. Uh, I think find collaborate the right collaboration partners 
but I think there's no better time to be an investor, uh, uh, sorry, uh, both uh, an, an entrepreneur, a social entrepreneur, and, uh, and an impact investor than it is now. And there's no better place to be at than in Africa. All right. So with that said, um, a lot of people would say um, it, it's, it's better said than done. So how, how would you find yourself maybe advising a young entrepreneur enough for them to care to want to solve these specific problems? Um, okay, so, so um, I, 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 think, I think the fundamental thing is we as Africans have lived the problem. We need to live the solution. Right. The, there's no better person to live the solution than that person who's lived the problem because you know the pain. Right. You've seen not just you've seen not just yourself go through the, the hassle and pain of living through the issues. You've seen your family, your friends, your relatives, your neighbors suffer through uh, uh, some of the issues that we need to we need to sort it out. So I, I strongly believe uh, and, uh, uh, that you know we need to be seen to be taking the lead in solving our own problems. Uh, and so I highly encourage uh, you know young people to to always be thinking about um, how can we be uh, how can we uh, be, be be thinking about uh, leaving uh, uh, our footprints um, uh, in society to reflect uh, the privileges that some of us have had of going to school, going to university, uh, you know, uh, that many people wouldn't have had? Um, because we've got to offer our communities and the continent something different to someone who didn't go to school. And I, I always quote um, uh, one of the founders of ALU, Achaleke, who says, um, uh, and it's on my Twitter page as well. It says, would it matter to Africa that you are born and lived on this continent? The day we bury you, would it matter? Okay. Wow. That's, <laughs> I've never heard of that one, but okay. I, 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 that, that, hits, that hits different actually. Yeah. All right. So to finally conclude the episode, which has been an eye opener for me, because I really didn't know the difference between social investment and social impact or no, so social innovation, actually. So I, I'm still not sure about it, but maybe maybe you can expand a bit further in future conversations, if that's okay. Sure, sure. Happy to do that. <laughs> Happy to do Great. that. Great. So to conclude the episode, what are the five best practices for social entrepreneurs to consider when they, are, when they need to raise social investment? And how and where? Should they go to raise this investment? Okay, so so uh, uh, and I'll share with you some of the uh, uh, also some of the mistakes I see people making um, when we try and uh, see them engaging with such with impact investors. So a couple of things. One, um, uh, you need to be very very clear about the problem you're trying to solve. Okay, the, the, the clarity of the problem we're trying to solve is, is super important for, for anyone who's looking to raise money. Um, and and why, uh, wh wh why is the problem important? Secondly, you need uh, to be sure that the problem you're trying to solve is, is big enough and important enough. Because what a lot of investors are also trying to look for is, is, is your solution going to, to reach a lot of people? Is it, is it scalable? Is it replicable? Um, and, uh, and 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 does it matter to a lot of people? Okay, um, and, and especially the most vulnerable. Okay, as a social ent entrepreneur, uh, people are seeking for you to solve problems for the ones who can't so solve them for themselves. 
so, so I think that's that's very important for you to also think about. The third thing is be very clear also about what success looks like. Okay, you need to when you're talking to an investor, he needs to be able to know that you know what success looks like, and you and and most importantly, you know how you're going to demonstrate. So how are you going to measure it? What what are you going to use to demonstrate that you've actually uh, arrived at the targets that you set for yourself? So so that that's super important. The 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 the, the fourth thing is, in my view, would be is to be very clear about what stage of of uh, of of the life cycle is your business in. Are you in early stage? So are you looking for early stage seed investment? Are you in a growth phase? Are you in a replication uh, scaling phase? Or are you in a place where you kind of want to um, uh, to see your model being replicated? Um, so it's very important to understand because at different stages you'll be looking for different types of capital. Um, so, so, so if if you're in very early seed stage, uh, most likely you need to be talking to uh, you need to be looking for grants uh, because you're at a very high risk stage of your of your idea or your or your, or your thing. So, so, so you need to be looking for grants. Uh, so you need to be talking to uh, a foundation. Okay, uh, if you're at a growth phase, you might need um, a mix of let's sometimes uh, a grant or a convertible grant. A convertible grant is the kind of grant where someone gives you the grant, but it could be converted later to either a, a, a loan or equity. Okay, so once again, uh, you might be looking to to uh, to uh, a philanthropist, uh, um, and then when you're looking at to go beyond growth, so you've you've, you've kind of you've you've done uh, your you're now looking to grow beyond your proof of concept has been is clear. Uh, then you can look at angel investors. So, so the journey continues on and on to the point where, if you're looking to scale or replicate, then you you can uh, go to mainstream players. Now, I want to emphasize that, especially as a social entrepreneur, the the use uh, of grants um, for various reasons, um, either to uh, to help you with um, because you're, as a social entrepreneur, your margins generally, not always, generally tend to be much lower than if you're a private business. So, so, um, so to help you keep a sustainable uh, margin, you will need, you might need grants all along your life cycle. Because, for example, if you uh, will need to buy some uh, capital equipment, um, or if you need to move to a new town and you need to go set up an office there, your margin, your profit margin might be too small for you to go and actually set up the office. So, you might need a grant to help you uh, make that move. And and cater for your uh, your 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 office setup costs in the next town or in the next province. So so always consider grants as a very pivotal part of of the mix of finance uh, that you use in the in your journey of growth. Um, uh, and then you, you can you can bring in different types of other types of capital as as you go along. So so I, I think it all depends on where you are at. Um, it all depends on uh, what kind of capital is available to you as well. So the players you talk to uh, will vary, but uh, see see the, the 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 creative use of grants as a as a as a as a very um, uh, useful tool for you to go along. But at the end of the day, uh, and to the fifth point is that you must still be able to articulate your sustainability plan. Investors want to uh, support something that has a future of being independent and sustainable. Um, both financially first, uh, but also be able to create the social impact it desires and sets out to do. Right. Thank you so much for that, Dr. Frank. Um, I think I think that marks the end of the episode. Uh, really appreciate you being with us today. As I said in the beginning, thank you so much for being so elaborate and explaining things to um, 
the smallest of details, being able to break it down in such a way that we are able to sort of understand what your field is and what exactly we should be looking out for as young entrepreneurs, as entrepreneurs as well. So I just want to thank you for that. You're most welcome. And thank you so much for having me. I'm hoping I can stay in touch with your audience. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, find me on Twitter. Um, and uh, we can continue this conversation uh, offline. I'm very happy with you find me in either of those two platforms. I'll share my email address. I'm very accessible. And um, yeah, and let's uh, uh, move Africa forward. I think we, we have really good opportunity. Uh, we have the blessing of a crisis where the generation will be blessed with the crisis. And this crisis gives an opportunity to stand up and do things differently uh, and shape Africa differently. Uh, so let's not waste it. And that was Dr. Frank Aswani, social investor, Kenya rugby fan, and the CEO of AVPA. Tell us how he did on the 25-mark question, will you? As he said, you can find him on various social media platforms, Twitter and LinkedIn, as in the description below. With that said, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts for exclusive access to all the gems of knowledge we drop here. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on your preferred platform. This is the AOU Podcast, Entrepreneur Leadership in Africa, Real Stories, Real Experiences.